this is the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode 8 of the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. I'm Soul Time, and I'm joined by Sally Bug and Green Stego today. Sally Bug, can you hear me? I can hear you. Good and morning. Good morning. And Green Stego, are you there? Yes, I am here. Oh, wow. You're sounding extra clear and higher quality today. Is, did anything change? Um, I have plugged into my well, laptop. On my end, no. My... No, I'm talking to Green Stego. So so you're in your oh, laptop? Oh, Sally, look, are, you, are you saying on your end you don't hear me anymore clearly? Oh. No, I, I mean, I would say, Good yeah, point. you're probably clearer. I could okay. say that, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's talk a little. Let's our, our tradition is developing into um, just what we've been doing uh, in the game, the actual game of Destiny the the past week since our last podcast. Uh, do you want to start us off, uh, Sally Bug? Um, yeah, because it's going to be short. Not <laughs> a lot. Um, I feel like. I did spend a little time on the weekend, like after our last podcast, maybe a little Sunday and a little bit Monday, uh, doing some Catalyst stuff, getting, uh, still, still working on trying to get Catalyst, uh, for some of my exotics that I have acquired the Catalyst for, not one, I'm not doing Catalyst farming or anything, but I'm... Yeah, trying to I, trying to finish the ones you already have. Exactly. So you know, going into uh, altars of sorrow and just trying to get the catalyst done on oh, let, let some us, weapons. Let us not forget uh, escalation protocol, which is actually farming for the catalyst, isn't it? I think it. How does that work oh, with the world yeah. line zero? Yeah, I need to do that. This yeah, because Mars is going away this week. I haven't done that this week. So uh, after the yeah, podcast, you know what you're doing. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about that last week, but um, I have one uh, boss that I haven't hit with my World Line Zero, and that would give me the um, final because I'm at eighty percent, and I didn't keep track of who I did hit and who I didn't. So of course you did. Um, so it's a mystery. Of course I didn't. Like a so, roll of the dice, every boss. Exactly. So I did it a couple of times just to make sure, okay, did I hit them, hit him in the crit spot or where I needed to. So, yeah. Um, yep. Tried that. And that was a bust. It obviously wasn't that boss. Haven't tried it this week yet. So that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, did some other catalysts that I honestly can't even remember which ones. I think I got another one. I know I got Tommy's matchbook. I know mm. I got that catalyst, and then I started working on it on I think hard light. Yeah, but I haven't finished that one. Yeah, I just and, finished up um, the hard light one myself. And then did uh, just did the storyline, the means to an end, to get the next piece of lore from Eris, and that's it. Uh, probably. Two hours total at the most, but yeah. Well, it's back to work you. or back to school in our case, right? We're 
educators. Mm-hmm. All, all three of us here are educators, so we're on the yeah. educational grind with the added layer of uh, pandemic uh, imposed mm-hmm. upon us, which is nice and weird. Um, but um, I would uh, like to hear uh, if you've been, uh, what your destiny, if any, activity has been uh, this past week. Stego. This week. This week. We decided to hop on and start working on the strikes for the Solstice armor. We still had blue. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. At the beginning of yeah. it. Right. And we uh, just figured we'd start chipping away at that. Kind of just said, you know what? I just kind of want to play Destiny right now. I'm in the Destiny mood. Let's hop on and do some strikes. We get the first one, we check our progress, and we have three out of five strikes completed. Beautiful. Oh. So for some reason, we're getting triple progress. I don't know if they made it ubiquitous for the final week or if it has something to do with the bug fix that they did where they said it wasn't multiplying properly. Oh, but very interesting. I haven't heard about that. So, well, that's to your benefit. That's to my benefit, and that is to the benefit of any of our viewers who have been putting off Solstice or maybe have been thinking that, you know, it's crunch time at work yeah. and I don't really have time to do Solstice. It's that not day, too late. we completed the strikes, the adventures, and the public events. Well, I'll take nice. a sip of coffee to that. Yeah. So, so it looks like you're going to get that magnificent set. I'll at the very least get in your the majestic. Way? And if I get the majestic, my I want just want to be able to buy the um, the, the one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's like I I just want the the prize from playing the darts game at the county fair or whatever. And it's like, yeah. I just want to. I just want to show up to the fair and have a little fun. I want to play the games. I want to get the prize. That's uh, you know you what you That's just summed up attitude. the casual player experience, and that is a great analogy. You just want to you know you don't want to stay. You can't stay all day, mm-hmm. and you can't go on all the rides. But you do want to uh, show up, have some fun, and then uh, get back home uh, in and time. And you can't grind every single right. game. And get every prize. single prize from every right. single game. Yeah, that's looking a, at Destiny 2 as a fairgrounds, I, like I really like that analogy. Uh, I do too. And it, and, and well you know, um, the the you know, if I'm to be honest here, I was a little discouraged last weekend because I hopped on and looked at all the stuff that's going away, and of course, one of our favorite resources, Brightech.org. Plug, mm-hmm. plug, plug. Uh, they he had he put in a, a wonderful, um, you know, color code to sh- so you can easily see what what's got the countdown on it and what's going mm-hmm. away. And it was so overwhelming that it, you know you get that feeling that uh there's so much to do I don't want to do anything, and so I was kind of tainted. By, um, you know, part of it, too, is going back to work and not having mm-hmm. as much time. And so that's a little frustrating. So I kind of I kind of didn't do much Destiny this past week. Uh, Sally Bug and I got on and did our um, means to an end uh, mission just to get the, the new little morsel of of uh, Eris Morn dialogue mm-hmm. and lore. 
out of that. Um, uh, but I, I've got to say, the highlight for me this week was um, introducing uh, Destiny to our granddaughter. Uh, she came over and uh, hung out with us, and that was a super cool, like going back and just logging in and creating a character, watching her create her character, deciding what color hair, and then starting out at the very, very beginning in the Cosmodrome. It just brought back memories from, you know, that summer in August, I think it was 2014, playing the beta Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, of and Destiny it didn't One. Start with the Red War. It started with the New co- Light. The Cosmodrome. Yeah, it starts with the Cosmodrome. You go in that very, very first thing where you get the, you know, the auto rifle for the first time, and watching, mm-hmm. and it was fascinating because she's not that she's learning how to do a first-person shooter. You know, with the left th- thumbstick to um, look around, and the right. Well, no, it's the left to move, and the right thumbstick to look around. And learning how to coordinate the two thumbsticks and watching the pace at which she was improving. So shout out to her for making my week in Destiny. That was just awesome. And I actually, actually she got to a point to where she was doing an invent, an adventure and I was able to hop on the other Xbox and play with her a little bit and um, just follow her along and you know, take out a few ads with her. And it was great. It was just awesome. It's very refreshing, but it also showed me how it, 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 the game really does need some work in the department of a new player, brand new player jumping in for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. They're making attempts. It's like follow the blue destiny symbol, but like the symbol wasn't there on the very first vendor that you're supposed to visit and get your first goodie. You know, they also yeah. like so it's a little buggy su- still, you know, and it's like they, she, they she would not have known what su- to do if we weren't there. Right. They made suggestions like oh, if you want to kind of know the storyline and what happened, go visit this vendor. But there's so much else to do that, um, you know, it, I without uh, Soul Time and I just sitting there guiding her. um they just said, go down to the EDZ and start, go visit Devram K. That's what they had her do first. Yeah. It reminded and, me of kind um, of like jumping into episode six, uh, season two of Lost. You know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, no, and like, and going into, and going down to the EDZ, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Cause I did kind of, uh, gave her. It's like, okay, you know this big building, the church here, and there's a road that goes all the way around it. Just practice going around it and killing the uh, killing the enemies that pop up around it um, and getting used to just kind of how to do your melee, how to do your how to do your jumps and uh, how to point and shoot the gun and all of that. But eventually that gets boring, right? Eventually that's like, you want to be engaged in the actual game and the storyline. And um, so I was able to direct her to Amanda Holiday and say, why don't you just start the Red War? That was the beginning of the story for. Um, and I don't know, like maybe it's just like, okay, 
nobody really want. Like they didn't want to make someone go through all that if they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But it does leave it disjointed. If yeah, you don't. no, I'm kind of envisioning right? the. I'm remembering what like the magic of destiny one year one starting out the character and the way that it opened up the world um Mm -hmm. procedurally through those missions and the the vision that they had with this like telling the story through the setting Mm -hmm. um yeah really delivered a lot better in destiny one i feel and destiny two feels a lot more like payoff because starting the campaign starting the story with the tower being destroyed is a lot more impactful if you already have a relationship with the tower exactly yeah with those of us who've been playing for three years really do yeah but at that point um but someone who's just starting for the first time yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of gives me Super Metroid vibes. Did you all have you all played Super Metroid? I have not played Super Metroid. No. It's a Super Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. Um uh held in high regard. It's an esteemed game. Um and it uh-huh. starts off really really well. Um and basically it starts off with like mystery and intrigue and finding out what has happened here and then there is like an explosion that you have to escape and so it goes really tense and i guess that it kind of feels similar with like the story starting with your house is on fire get out get get safe and then you also run into a big scary boss i don't know i can see the the direction that they were going for with having more of a plot driven but i really miss the um falling in love with the atmosphere of destiny and i think that destiny 2 delivered more action and more strict storytelling but i preferred the old way i think a lot of people did actually they did they just they they missed the mark and and something sally and sally bug and i always talk about is we feel like destiny 2 came out a year at the very least too early like I don't think Destiny 1 was completed yet. We weren't I done with it. definitely felt rushed. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially Trials was kind of just reached its peak. And then all of a sudden you canceled it and went to Destiny 2. And we all know Trials of the Nine just didn't hit the same notes. And I wondered why. I always wonder. I remember at the time thinking, uh, Really? You're not bringing the same trials over, importing it over, and then feeling like it was rushed. You know, it was just rushed. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably, um, most likely by the hand of Activision just to meet deadlines. and to Also, also I feel like the game, um, to get sidetracked on that conversation a little bit, the game was also, um, it had a very fundamental shift in um its its philosophy or its design philosophy and i feel like they wanted to expand uh and lower the age level of a demographic that that would they were trying to attract i feel it became more um i don't know we call it disney-esque 
or something mm-hmm. with the characters and just giving you everything. And it, the skill gap was so narrow, it was almost non-existent uh, in most of the activities. Uh, that first year was rough. Um, but if you're a true fan, you still enjoyed the, the fact that they were trying to hit uh, more story beats which I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. And um, the environments were beautiful because it's Bungie. And um, yeah, and it, I mean, it, it set the table. Sitting, it set the table for what we've got with, now. Yeah, sitting with our granddaughter while she was doing the first campaign of the Red War. Um, one of the things that uh, she got burnt out and was kind of done, even though. Because it's a long. Even though you were forcing mission. forcing her to continue to play, it was a, well. I was like, if you give this up now, you're going to end up having to start back at at the beginning. Because it's like she just needed to get to that certain part, mm-hmm. and um, I just helped her with it. It's it's fine. She's you know she's young, um, she's ten years old, yeah. and so. Um, but man, she really caught on to the whole. And I kept telling her, it was like, you learn how to do this now. There's so many other games you're preparing yourself for if you like first person shooters or even like Skyrim uses the same controls pretty much to mm-hmm. move around and to point right. and aim and all that stuff. So she she was excited. She was so excited because, you know, this is her first, you know, privileged um you know, sort of curated look into first-person shooters. So mm-hmm. She knew it was an adult game, and that was exciting for her. So that's nice. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was so cool. So yeah. that was kind of the highlight of our of our destiny. Yeah, week that was the was, highlight of our destiny week. Was introducing her to to it and and kind of reliving it. And and you know, I remember being kind of harsh with destiny about it but it really wasn't it's really not that bad no it's great a, a story it's and, a great story um, it's amazing but i can see someone who joins new light um and then without having a friend who's already in the game and like really having no idea what to do mm-hmm. they kind of have a general uh I don't know. I feel like the director needs work. Exactly. Like I, I agree the, with that because I think I that feel like it, the, I imagine that it directed her towards EDZ, but it basically said, um, "Congratulations, you did New Light. Now, welcome to Destiny. Do you want to play Strikes, Crucible, or Gambit, or do you want to just do a Patrol and, but not specifically like." walking you through any of that right right and saying and like here's an idea go talk to devon k so like one of the things that she's supposed to do is get to uh level 770 right that's like one of the quest lines okay. is get to level 770 and from like, 750 well, you get that by... right from 750 so not too much go up 20 light levels and it's like, and I was trying to explain to her, you get that by picking up things on the ground. But I had to tell her that, like, yeah. you're going to pick up stuff. And as you go across it, it's going to be better gear than what you have. And so you're going to want to equip that. Well, I guess now you don't technically have to equip it, but you do. 
And, um, I, I and so that's like, that's not really like I had to explain that to her. That's not really explained in game. Like how you go up in light level isn't really explained. No. And then, um, and Ch- the other thing that happened is she had umbral engrams dropping. Mm. And there's no, and there's nothing in new light. That explains what an umbral engram is. Yeah. Like, why is or that... Or en- just any engram. <laughs> or an engram in general. But it at takes least, a while. Especially an umbral engram, because you have to go through a very specific, you know, set of things to deal with the umbral engram. And she hasn't even been introduced to the character, you know, where that's... I don't know. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. The, it's it's the a game. mess, but on the other hand, uh, I think for older people playing the game... People with more video game experience, um, I feel like the, the, all this stuff we're talking about that they left out of the game was um, picked up by the community with tools like Dim and Braytech.org and Reddit and YouTube and Twitter. And so by Bungie leaving out a lot of explanation of the mechanics for any part of the game or you know explanation for currencies or whatever... It's created community and communication amongst players to figure it out. Like when somebody figures it out, it goes on Reddit, then people YouTube about it or stream about it. Uh, So you have, you know, the Twitch directories full of people guiding, giving advice, doing raid clinics and things like that. So by them leaving out a large part of the, the explanations for the mechanics of the game, it has created this community. I think that's a positive side effect of them being cryptic about uh, mm-hmm. how yeah. to, what you need to do to succeed in the game and to and to progress. Um, on the other hand, I felt like like we were directing her constantly in the director. It probably would have taken yeah. poor uh, our granddaughter. It probably would have taken her about an hour or more before she could figure out where to see what her quests were. You have to go and to the director. Point, you're just right. not. You're not going to sit yeah. there figuring out how do I play this game for an hour. Right. 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 So how cryptic yeah. do you want to be when we're talking about fundamental aspects of how to play the you game? You need to reveal and the it, fundamentals, right. and especially right. with the, with new players. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, mean, like I, raid mechanics. I don't mind that being a bit of a mystery. I don't mind like the the idea behind there being no hand holding there, but right. You need to, and again, this kind of goes back to the beauty of the Destiny 1 launch path with um, just like exploring the Cosmodrome mission by mission really kind of naturally. Um, right. And, and then eventually working up to doing the Sepex strike. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and working that's... up to doing a strike rather than, boom, you're in, the, you're in the world, now go play a strike. And then, you know... I couldn't even imagine her at the level where she was going and doing a strike. Like she barely had the mechanics of how to play the game. And then she was going to go into a strike with blueberries. You know, it, it, it just, it seemed like a lot open to her a little bit too early. Like, yeah. I, like I can just imagine mm-hmm. like, 
you know, either stay in the Cosmodrome actually... or if you're going to direct them down to the EDZ, just having your ghost say, oh, look at that orb that's on the ground. Pick that up. Let's take a look at what it is. Is it, you know, like just being able to talk a little bit more about the fundamental mechanics of the game. Not the nuances, but just the fundamental mechanics. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I actually I... recall from my Destiny 1 experience, um, before I finished the campaign, I tried experimenting with, um, and a, a comment came up with Fractious Heart, which I'll get to in a second. Um, I played, I experimented with Strike Playlist before I fully finished the campaign. Um, and I was still on Venus, I think. And, um, I did strike playlist was just like, what, what actually is this? What's going on here? And the first strike that I did was whether we wanted it or not, we've stepped into a war with the cabal on Mars, which is interesting <laughs> because I hadn't unlocked Mars yet. And it was actually my first exposure to the cabal. And it was that first room with the cave, and there's like sniper scions right, in the right. Top I remember of the that in the cave, and they're sniping at you. And so I find some cover behind some rocks, and then I get sideswiped by a phalanx, and I have no idea how to hit this guy because he's got a shield, and I don't even know what these creatures are. And it was like scary and mystifying because it also kind of felt like that time when you're in the Cosmodrome and you decide to experiment in like the tunnels of that spawn area right and you run right. into this um immune night that just blows you out of the sky <laughs> I um, remember that yeah and it kind of felt similar to that and i was just like wait where am i oh my gosh this is so cool wait what are these guys but also <laughs> thinking i was really overwhelmed and i had just stepped out of line yeah right um i i think one of the kind things of like, that um, I noticed just when when giving her um, some guidance is when you call up your director when you you know you push that that little button the menu button or whatever and it calls up the director it gives you the map first of where you are and then you can go go to um, you have to like slide over to get to quests I don't know I feel like. And then the quest, there's a whole lot of like different squares of which one, and they try to put the one that you're most that you're working on at the top, or the most recent ones that you've picked up. Um, but it was a little wonky, like because I had to like because she picked up the Red War one, and that's in the classic box, and that box is all the way on on the bottom, and she had to specifically click that one to see what she needed to do as even though she had picked it up it didn't show up as one of her most active ones it was a little it was um it was a little wonky so that's that's kind of where and i still and i think they're gonna i i have vague memories of hearing them say they're gonna improve upon that design um because i still don't quite know what i i know you can sort them like one has to do with just your catalyst i don't know it's a it's it's a little wonky but uh i again that's just i mean that's just me mm -hmm. um mm. 
and I know they're they're in constant uh, design, trying to improve the design to make it uh, user friendly, but without, um, you know, what's the without like degrading the integrity of what what they're about, um, and they are certainly leaning towards that MMO RPG. Uh, character characterization and storyline um, they have pretty much made that uh, pretty clear that that is the direction that they want to go so and mm -hmm. I know a lot of those and I don't have a whole lot of experience with those um, but I know I know you played fiesta <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit, and even yeah, that did. one I didn't. I, I uh, so um, the, there's a lot. The, those are designed to be huge and a lot of pieces to it. So I think that's kind of where they want to go. Yeah. Well, with it, um, there's along those lines of uh, the game evolving. There's been a lot of in, uh, information released this week and uh green stego did you get a chance to look over this week at bungie the twab that came out uh thursday i remember i haven't read it specifically but i have um watched some content creators go over it yeah uh the the gist of this week at bungie um uh, came out september 3rd this past thursday um is about uh, well, they announced the final week of Solstice of Heroes. And then they get right into talking about um, the Triumphs, what they're doing with Triumphs, because up until now they haven't really mentioned where Triumphs are going with the Destiny Content Vault on its way. Um, and so um, they lay out some goals and it doesn't seem like anything's changed um, in those goals um, other than making sure it's clear what happens when content goes away. Mm -hmm. um, and then they talk about uh, things evolving. And uh, this ties into my experience last weekend of just seeing all these triumphs that you can, you'll only be able to get them until November 10th. And just, you know, kind of me not it killing my aspiration to do anything uh to get any of those triumphs done um and 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 you have to every now and again with this game i have to reevaluate well why am i doing this if it's not fun right so yeah um first and foremost you want to have a, a fun time uh with that being said there's a balance between fun and being challenged uh, to overcome something that's outside of your comfort zone or difficult to do because ultimately that's a good feeling and that's another reason we play the game is to get better at it or to have some success with something that was difficult. Um, so they are evolving the triumphs and they are reorganizing them uh, to come in alignment with the Destiny Content Vault and uh, the seasonal changes. And it looks like they've, they're they splitting the Triumph scores into two separate scores. A career score that represents the totality of what you've done in Destiny 2 and an active score 
for the things that can be done now in the live game. So it looks like you will have an active score for the current season and a career score, which is sort of like your cumulative total. Um, they also want to focus on generic. They want to focus the generic triumph scores uh, into a leaner lifetime set that covers the basics of being a guardian. I don't really know what leaner lifetime set means, uh, but that's the language they're using. They want to organize the rest of the triumphs around seasons and destinations. Fair enough. Uh, track the history of what you've done as legacy triumphs. So these legacy, this seems almost seems like a third triumph list, the legacy triumphs. Um, so you have your career score, your active score, and then uh, legacy triumphs that go into sort of like a leg, uh, triumph vault, I would guess. Um, right. So um, they go on to say that Beyond Light will include a set of triumphs that target, targets uh, Europa. Uh, they all have a score. They include the content on the destination, you know, strikes, raids, lost sectors, and, and all that stuff. Um, season 12 content, triumphs will have a score. Uh, seasonal currency as a reward for completing the triumphs. They say seasonal currency. I don't think I've seen any mention of... One of the things I like about uh, some of the Triumphs are those rewards you get from them, like a, an emblem or a sparrow. Or I don't, I don't... I like seeing some of that... Those types of rewards put in Triumphs. Personally, I like that. And I hope they continue to do that. But there's no mention. It just says seasonal currency as a reward. Um... And the triumphs are there for as long as the season is. Uh, the triumph, the seasonal triumph score contributes to your active score. That's what that's what I figured. Um, and when it's no longer available, the seasonal set moves to uh, legacy triumphs, and they no longer contribute to your active score, but they are still a part of your career score. So, so I have a, I have a question, um, sure. you know, out to the two of you, but also to the general chat, if they have any, um, anything to say about it, this kind of like triumph tracking and giving your guardian, like it, you know, if it doesn't seem like it's something that you necessarily have to ever really keep track of to play the game. Right. right. It's just for those who are interested in having um, something to pursue or um, I don't know. I guess my question is, is this kind of typical of games like MMORPGs where you want to keep track of uh, what you've done and where you're going and, and give you some focus or is this something that's unique unique to the Destiny world? I mean, I know Triumphs in general because, you know, you have achievements that you can get, like, on Xbox. And the, I know a lot of these are similar to those. Like, here's this game, and you're playing it on Xbox, and here's a list of all the achievements you can get. Mm. Um so it seems to me like these triumphs are similar to those, only they're more, you know, they're not uh, specific to a specific console or a specific. Right. Um, 
So Yeah, that's a really know. good point, Sally Bug, because I always felt that uh there's been there's some ambiguity um in the game in that regard because uh, I always ask myself, well, if I just do all the quests, I'll naturally unlock triumphs. But sometimes I also think if I just focus on getting some triumphs done, I'll get everything else will fall in place. And it's been a little bit wishy-washy of, uh, you know, what to do. And then you go to the director and you can see all all the destinations that have stuff that you haven't completed either for that week or whatever uh, are marked by the little, you know, the sort of little beacon, the little bright yellow star, asterisk, whatever you want to call it, uh, shows you, uh, so you could use that as a guide. It might be a case of there's there's too many guides. Uh, there's too many uh, ways to um, seek to figure out what to do next or what should I be focusing on next? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the most current, do I go after the most current exotic or should I do something else before I do that? You know, that's always, that's always a difficult thing to navigate for me personally. Or, or is it just uh, there again? And this kind of goes along the same conversation we were talking about destiny being open-ended and in it's in its design anyway in that here's a way for you to kind of keep track of what you're doing and what your guardian is and how you're evolving your guardian but um we're not going to tell you what you need to do or how you need to do it it's just these we're we're kind of giving you an opportunity to see what these stats and see what these triumphs are and you can choose to go for them and you can choose that like there's well, it is a score I know i'll never attain and it even says it in the twab you know some of these are are only designed for those of you you know those super hard yeah completionists gamers yeah. And, well, and completionists I mean, you don't have to have fun with say space invaders um by only chasing the high score space invaders can be fun just for what it is for the majority of players but there can be like a select group of people who really do like pay attention to the score and they that is like a driving factor for them yeah so competitive like, speaking yeah. speaking of that i'm going to do a, a plug there is a series a short series out on it's on netflix neil yes Mm-hmm. called high score um and it's kind of about the evolution of gaming and space invaders comes to play in that as well as some others and and people who it's a um, highly recommended high score yeah it's versus a... highly recommended if, if you're interested in gaming at all yeah where um, video games it, came from and it's not it's there's, I think there's only like five or six episodes. So yeah, it's pretty there's short. Not a whole lot. So, but yeah. it's really well done. It's really well done. It, it is. Um, we watched that over here as well. Oh, and, nice, um, nice. It's, it was very fun. Sultan, I have a question kind of for you. Had been craving. I'm, I'm sorry. What did you say, Green Stego? I said it was the kind of thing that we had been craving. Yeah. I kind of wanted to oh, do absolutely. like a, a retro documentary experience walkthrough of like the yeah. history of video games because yeah. 
um, Fractious Heart and I have kind of separate parallel histories with um, video gaming because she didn't really uh, do as much Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Which I, I did both, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, anyway. Um, Sal, you had a question? Yeah. What was your uh, question? My question was, when's the when's the coffee break? Uh, it's right now, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Because I could really use it. Um, I'm going to put on a coffee break tune while we all get coffee refills. And so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at home, if you want to go get your coffee as well, if you're driving in the car, maybe you can pull over to a Starbucks or a, uh, a coffee drive through of your choice. Um, and we'll be back after this coffee break. I love coffee, I love tea. I love a Java Jive and it loves me. Coffee and tea and the Java and me. A cup, 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 I love Java, sweet and hot. Whoops, Mr. Moto, I'm a coffee fine. Shoot me the pot, now pour me a shot. A cup, a cup, a cup, a cup, a cup. Oh, slip me a slug from the wonderful mug. I'll cut a rug till I'm stuck in the jug. A slice of onion and a raw one. Raw one. Waiter, waiter, better later. I love coffee. I love tea. I love the java java and it loves me. Coffee and tea and the java and me. All right, I'm back from my uh, coffee refill, and uh, I can see that Sally Bug is making her way back to her uh, studio uh, to get back on. Uh, Green Stego, did you get a refill at all? I did not get a refill. I finished the coffee at, during that coffee break. And oh, that was nice. It was okay. a reminder for me to continue drinking, and that. That was what I spent my coffee. Well, that might explain your uh, extra sharp insight and uh, a tentative discussion today. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I enjoy coffee. I enjoy the way that it affects my mind. Yes. It's a mind juice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a natural uh, incentive for life itself. Um, the speaking of life itself, uh, the uh, w- the next paragraph in the TWAB actually addresses what we've been talking about. Uh, Sally Bug, are you back? She's not back. Uh, well, I didn't want. I kind of wanted her to weigh in on this, uh, but I think she's read this already. It says the lifetime set. The lifetime set. That was they were talking about make giving it a. I don't know what the lifetime set is, to be honest with you. Of uh, triumphs, we're still on the topic of triumphs. Uh, will be about teaching players all the things you can do in Destiny. 
Um, so they're suggesting that they're rearranging triumphs um, to actually be that guide in a way uh, for new players. Uh, these will mostly target new players as they join our ranks. They will focus on helping players explore Destiny's sandbox and game modes. That reminds me, one thing I feel that Triumphs are really good at doing, for me personally, mm -hmm. is a thousand kills with this kind of grenade, or 500 kills with this super, or, you know, those are the, uh, what do they call those? They're account Triumphs right now, uh, where you can do these things with a certain grenade, melee in a certain subclass of a certain class right like mm -hmm. war, uh, you know warlock hunter titan and also they have those ones with uh the uh the catalysts do this as well they make you do explore something you might not have used before to really really a get as good as you possibly can with it mm -hmm. figure out how it actually works Okay, this grenade, if I lay it down between two enemies, obliterates them. This other grenade, if I use it, I need to really kind of hit them with it or aim right at them with it uh, for it to be effective. So you learn the mechanics of that particular ability or, yeah. And, um, and you can decide whether you're going to make it a part of your one of your loadouts in the future. So I feel like they do that really well. And that one point they made here about... Uh, players exploring the sandbox and game modes uh, actually resonated with me. And then the last burger dot here is if new systems are added to the game, this pool will grow. So they've got the lifetime set of triumphs that they're introducing uh, in Beyond Light that will sort of guide new players um, in the way that we were talking about before, using triumphs as a guide to the game to explore mm -hmm. different areas of the game. What do you think? I think that, well, something that Fractious Heart mentioned in the comment section is, uh, well, the comment reads, I think triumphs and score are just for a bonus, kind of like side quests. Yes. The score yes. and titles are to show off. I don't think it's right. supposed to be a task list. And so right, this is right. fundamentally, and, and I agree with that statement, and I think that this yes. bar is to kind of almost fundamentally change um, the way triumphs kind of work. And I think that... Or the intention, at least, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think that it could, I mean, it could be a good change. It could be a good direction change where it... Um, it kind of draws attention to the triumphs. And so for people who, I mean, want to, or in order to get them to even exposed to this high score element of the game, they need to, they need to go there anyway. Um, and not right. just because, Oh, it's saying I unlocked something, blah, 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 navigate to it, click it. So it stops blowing. Um, well, I mean, I do like the, um, and you kind of, you've scrolled past it right now, uh, Soul Time, but maybe you could scroll back to that graphic. 
um, it's similar, but you can see that um, they have parceled it out a little bit so that whatever, like, if you have a particular focus, and it looks like they're, it looks destination and season focus on those big gray circles. Yeah. And then the metals and the catalysts, like that you were talking about, and the lore chasers kind of have their own special little categories so you don't have to yeah they're over on um, the side aren't they with the stat tracker right yeah so like for you know if you're one of those put you know it it, it feels like it's um it, they've segmented it a little bit better for um those players that have a particular type of uh, play style where they do chase things like wanting to get all the medals like you said like the thousand kills uh, with a grenade or whatever that that is um i don't know it, it looks smoother um and again uh as we've mentioned before it's not necessarily something that you have to do um but if you're that type of player and you kind of need a little more guidance you have something that gives you a little more direction on what particularly you should focus on. Mm -hmm. And I like that they're um, putting that focus on what is going on in that current season first, and then everything else kind of like, yeah, takes kind of like the like second seat or whatever. It's tricky designing things from their perspective because um, they're constantly trying to streamline the onboarding process for new players because it's a, it's a constant criticism and it's a valid point to say that this game is daunting to take on from a new player perspective. Yeah. Um, but they also need to keep creating new content for the dedicated players who have been keeping up. And so how do you add more complexity to it and more things to do while at the same time making it easier for new players to join and that's that's the goal right because they well they're bringing it to xbox game pass with beyond light they think that this is going to be an excellent time to start playing again just like when season of undying launched with the moon along with new light experience like they this is something that they're really aware of and they're really trying to work on and i hope that this pays off but for some reason i don't know if my brain really wants to um just replay super metroid right now but (laughs) i'm gonna have to play that game now i need to get that game (laughs) it's it's one of it's an earlier attempt and super metroid is just a masterful execution of environmental storytelling yep mm-hmm. also the way that it teaches you how to play the game it does it in a way that reminds me of the um i can't remember what this documentary was that i saw about indie game developers but the developer who made super meat boy um said that he doesn't like it when a game's tutorial mode tells you explicitly what to do. Press the A button to jump. Like, he doesn't like that. 
Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to make the tutorial levels just kind of speak for itself. And the tutorial is just figuring out how to get through this area, this stage. Yeah, Um, so it puts the the onus on the developer. It puts the tutorial becomes the onus of the developer to come up with an environment that teaches rather than the uh, just like text do this. But that, and that's where the real work is, right? Like yes, yes. Why all of us are so busy right now is because we're all of us right now are trying to create an environment that teaches you. Yes. Right. That's what we're doing as educators. We're inventing and that's why it's crunch time right now. Yeah. Um, we're innovating and inventing something that works for yeah many different types of learners, right? For, yeah. For me, last year that was really crazy and I did not do a very good job at it. I didn't know how to create my classroom into a space that teaches just by being in it. Oh yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do that very well. There needed to be a lot of explicit instruction, um, a lot of explicit, explicit direction. And, um, and it just, it didn't work very well. And, um, and, but now that everybody's going digital, uh, everybody's back at that spot, even educators with years of experience like y'all's selves right now. You got to basically right. start from scratch. Yeah. And, and, there's... and if you're, and if you're like in our uh, schools, because it's a smaller school and it's, uh, um, so we're attempting uh, going back to um doing in-person learning but how do we do that while maintaining a level of safety and comfort for everyone and um you're in like walking through the school uh last week and all the environments are so different than how they've ever been Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's like a whole new learning curve yeah, um, my classroom doesn't honestly look that different from how it did last year because I didn't really add that much to it. They just moved the desks apart. But my teaching partner, she had um, rugs and couches and a bunch of alternative seating and a bunch of lights that the kids could go up and turn on if cool. they wanted and stuff. And all it made her room um, really relaxing and really desirable right. to be in. But all those things had to go. Uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, anything, anything soft touch that could absorb anything, anything that the kids would even want to touch. Yeah. Funny Bone right. brought up a, a, he mentioned Cuphead for its intro tutorial. And I think it brings up the point that uh, you need a balance because they're, uh, you know, from an educational point of view, uh, there's something to be said for teaching the skill of following instructions learning how to open up a manual and figure out how to start the damn thing. And there's something to be said for problem solving, laying out uh, a set of blocks that you have to put together in a certain way or uh, materials that you have to combine uh, some of them together uh, in a certain way to know what you need to do. Uh, So I think a balance between the, the sort of um, blatant explanation and uh, the sandbox that is designed to teach uh, right. what to do. I think a balance between the two is important. Yeah, right. Because think about it: like if you got a Lego set that 
was um, that you wanted to do like the Star Destroyer from from Star Wars or whatever, and it came with like the five hundred thousand pieces or whatever. I might be exaggerating there. Mm-hmm. But without the explicit instructions of what to do, they just said, okay, here are all the Legos, and if you put them all together in the right way, it will make this a Star Destroyer. Um, I can imagine it would be very difficult to do without having some pretty explicit instructions. But but yeah. also you so. could package uh in the packaging, the way you present the Legos, you can group certain Legos together that go together, right. you know what I mean? So right. there's a combination right. of the two things you can do. Because they always right. package and, them in, like, in specific ways. Right, and that's the clue, right? right? That's your clue. <laughs> nice. Because let's face it, like, a, I mean, and we do have a history of doing RPGs, and there's some RPGs where, you know, we've um, done as kind of as much as, we could do on our own and then found ourselves going to a guide. Yeah. We actually talked about that recently and how like all the guides are online now, but they, I remember actually buying the guides from like Best Buy and like having the magazine and, and like looking through it and going, Oh, we have to do this now. Like, like, um, and following those guides. I loved, I loved, I kind of really missed that. I missed like having like the magazine and, and flipping through the oh, pages. Oh, the Prima guides. And, yeah, the official, mm-hmm. you buy it at Best Buy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, for 20 bucks. Yeah, they, yeah those are great. About that, that mixture of the analog experience of having that physical guide yeah. combined with the digital experience with the, the digital interface. Oh, it, just the bestiaries were so, the artwork in those were so cool. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I like the final fantasy ones for the earlier ones were uh-huh. so, so, so much fun. And in the chat, funny bone did a yeah. shout out to saga frontier. That one was amazing as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Very amazing. But it, it would have been a very different experience without the guide I hear. The game facts, the old just text game facts. Man, I remember downloading those. Uh, oh, yeah. ha, ha. Printing them out and then taking them out to the living room with the, the Dreamcast or whatever. The game mm-hmm. facts. Oh, I did that with um, one of my favorite games for a Game Boy, uh, Dragon Warrior Monsters. It was like the Dragon Quest series of games, but a Pokemon version where you captured the monsters and you did battle with those ones. Um and I printed it out like a a breeding guide for it, and but I made my own cover, right, and stapled it all together. <laughs> I still remember that cover that I drew for it. <laughs> nice. That's a, yeah. That's missing. That's missing from games now. Uh, with the advent of uh, Reddit and YouTube and just you know clickbait yeah. sites. Telling I you mean, what to I, do. Not to get. <laughs> to, I, I actually really liked this um, this comparison that you had, Sally Bug, too, in terms of like uh, instructions with a, a Lego brick set for the Star Destroyer. Um, what would you, if you were to give somebody that and say, "Here you go, build it," um, would you? 
think that they would have a different experience if they hadn't played with Lego at all before. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, if you know fundamentally how Lego... And I've seen it. Like, I, being a teacher of many different age groups, see how different... How different uh, interact with Lego. Some like to have the picture in front of them and say, I'm going to replicate uh, Sally Bug 2, can yeah. you hear me? I can. You're cutting in and out and you got awfully quiet. You may want to rejoin the Discord. Again. I had done that once as you guys cut out. Yeah, there's, a, there's a comment that your volume is low as well. Yeah. Okay. I can barely Good. hear her through my... Um, all right, I'm and I want to hear what you have to say, so try joining it again. Yeah, quit and rejoin. I don't know what happened on her end. Sally Bug volume low. Sally, Sally Bug audio low. The comments just keep coming in. I know. Yeah. This is good. The, I'm embarrassed I for can, her. Okay. I'm back. Is that yeah. any That's better. much better. Oh, my the gosh. Star okay. podcast just dropped down to a three Yeah, the viewers podcast. went from 125 <laughs> down to five at, when you cut out. All right. So, as I was saying... Um, and so just through visuals of, of watching children and how they deal with a big bucket of Legos, some would like a picture and be able to replicate that picture to create a house or a castle or whatnot. And others just wanted the big bucket of Legos and they didn't want to be told what to do or how to make it. They just wanted to create something completely on their own. Mm. Now, it's a little different, right? When you have a um, a kit that's like a star destroyer, we're gonna go with that because that's what I that's what I my original analogy. Um, that that group of Legos was designed to make one particular thing. That's not to say when you get that kit that you have to make that one particular thing. You can make something completely different with it, um, but. Uh, you know, it, the the question is, if you get that kit with that particular thing in mind to design, you kind of need some level of guidance, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be, okay, we're just going to put all of these pieces in different, uh, you know, like step one is these pieces and it's going to make this and then you just kind of figure it out on your own. Or do you want step-by-step -step instructions of take this group from bag one and then put these pieces together first? You know, like how how explicit do you want it to go? And some people want the step-by-step -step instructions and they still feel accomplished to make the big thing. And right. others want it to be open-ended. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of where destiny is too, right? Yeah. <laughs> that that uh like we're like that with raids like i would much rather watch read the reddit watch the youtube videos and know what i'm doing not necessarily the very first time sometimes it's kind of fun to just get in and see what's going on if you have the time <laughs> um, if you have the time but from a casual point of view it's like okay we're gonna try to do this raid today everybody do your homework <laughs> It was already hard enough to get us all to like meet at a particular time and find a time that we're all available at the same time. 
we don't have like five or six hours to kind of just explore it and try to figure out the mechanics on our own. So yeah, I think the educate the the educational analogies to game design are endless. Uh, I'm just nice that the um it's nice that uh it gives that avenue for content creators right for people who have that same passionate uh feeling of the game like we do and um and this side passion of creating content about something that they they really enjoy um Mm -hmm. yeah the the whole youtube content creator thing is uh um it's there's so much out there it's yeah it's 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 pretty amazing but but you think maybe that's why uh sally bug we tend to have a lot of empathy um you know uh for for game designers because of our occupation of trying to come up with environments and materials in learning you're trying to hit up as many mm-hmm. different learning styles as possible. Is this an individual activity or is this an activity for a group to solve or to learn from or to do or to perform or to, you know, whatever. And um, so it's hard to do. I mean, that's hard to develop right. lessons and activities that uh, appeal or work for um, either individuals or groups of varying right. learning styles, those, you, right? You you've had that you've you've had that experience, and I'm sure Stego, you've had that experience as well. It's like you have those students who work best when working with others and can collaborate and kind of like learn together, and then you have the others that the are solo just lone players, wolves. right? Yeah, <laughs> and right, they're they're the lone wolves. They were they never worked well in a group. You know who I'm thinking of, Sultai. Um, oh, just, and countless they, people are like that. That right? wasn't, you know, that that wasn't um, their skill set. That they really did their best work when they could be right. on their own, and when they were forced to be in a group, it wasn't always a very positive experience, both for that person and for the other people who were in the group. And, um, and you hear countless stories of people can't... who go into an LFG and and be in a um, be in an LFG raid and it not being a positive experience. So, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah. you know the 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 hmm, how do you, how do I put this? The you can't please all the people. You just can't please everyone. You have to create an environment or a game that um you know uh, hits up various populations but in a game like destiny it's very difficult in any mmo or any sort of multiplayer game it's very difficult to balance between multiplayer and solo player and new player and veteran player and low skill and high skill it's it's a monumental task but what always but the constant for me in in bungie and destiny in particular uh is the environments are a nice place to be Uh, yeah i could get into i could go to venus and sparrow around and my stress levels were lowered you know even with enemies shooting at me 
it's just such a beautiful, you know, fantastic environment. It's fun to be in, fun to look around and and explore. So it's in like the little things. How when you jump, uh, your camera angle just like shakes on impact with the ground again, and the way that your camera like juts forward slightly when you do your melee ability. Um, yeah, or if you're waiting for somebody to join you and you're in the environment, you, you look at, at some of the detail on the wall. Mm-hmm. I think we were in one of those passageways in, in the um, Infinite Forest, you know, those little connectors, those triangular connectors that you have to run through. And mm-hmm. uh, Sally Bug was looking at her loadout and I wanted to wait for her. So I went over and started looking at some of the detail, the design in that thing. Just these like round lights with little pulsating things coming out and thinking, man, this is a monumental task to have a living, like animated environment that most people just run by and want to get to the end of the strike or the raid or whatever as fast as they possibly can. Yeah, and that's what it that's what it devolves into when you start going for high score rather than just kicking around shooting baddies or whatever you know well and and that goes with the um the lore as well right there um there's so much to that and i and i am gonna be as much as i love the lore and i love the stories sometimes i get involved in kind of that day-to-day just kind of like what i'm going for and what i'm grinding and um even when i'm lore chasing and I chase getting those particular um, lore pieces. I don't delve into the story as much. So um, I feel like, didn't it say something in this week at Bungie on how the lore is going to be um, just set so that it's really there for you to be able to just read the whole book, um, even if you didn't get all the pieces? So that that story is still open and there for you. And I like that. I like that they have opened um, the lore and the story because there's someone who um, is very, um, you know, they have some amazing writers and have created these amazing story arcs. Um, that some people just never even really have full exposure to. And and if you're not interested, you're not interested. But if you are, it is really nice. It's like, okay, I'm missing this one page of the book and I don't, you know, and you have no idea where to get it or how to get it or it's a secret triumph or whatever. But it looks like the all parts, all pages out of the book will be, it says, go earn any missing lore before the season ends as well. Mm. New lore will be unlocked. But everyone triumphs. will be able to read everything yeah. now, and that's yep. what I was excited about. Yeah, I'm excited like, about hey, this you... change as well. Yeah, that's gonna, that's kind of cool. You know, it's one thing if you want to go and get the pages and earn the pages, but it's another to be able to read what that storyline is and what that story arc is. Because for those who understand what's going on, and yeah, you can watch some of the content creators, and they can help help you delve di- deeper into those uh those storylines um there's some great podcasts out there that that delve deep into some of the lore stories as well but um 
I like that all parts of the lore in that whole book that it just looks like it's just a little more accessible and um, I'm excited about that. Here's what I'm excited about. Um, lore will also have its own section and a brand new UI to show off the book covers and improve the reading experience. Little things like that I look forward to. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is um, something definitely looking i'm looking forward to seeing how that um pans out because it's not particularly um readable i i wouldn't turn on my xbox and navigate to the lore tab to read immersive high sci-fi fantasy um passages but what if right, what if you what if you difficult could... to like even though and I know they talked about trying because let's let's face it the Destiny One experience was even more cumbersome with the grimoire cards that you could only read offline. I kind of liked out, it personally. Outside of the game, <laughs> you, you kind of <laughs> miss it, but I think I miss it nostalgically more than actual. Um, I don't know, get, earning the grimoire. However. Um, even so they asked for it to be in game and you got it in game, but some of the story is there's just show lore to a piece of an exotic and you have to, you know, hold down a trigger, I think, to read that and scroll that and the books you open up a page and you read that and then you have to back out of that and then open up the next page. It's, it's a little cumbersome to well, um, really truly appreciate that's the story. Um, what if you opened up the lore and it had that sort of like authentic cover to it and you could open the lore book up and have mm-hmm. see the words written but have it read to you by Jeremy Irons. <laughs> nice. Would that you encourage go. you to explore the lore in game more? I think yes. I, yeah, th- I think yes. Uh, absolutely. Oh, and, and speaking of that, uh, um, there is another, I'll, I'm going to do another shout out. There's a, uh, a uh, lore content creator. He does other things as well, but primarily lore, uh, Mylan Games. We might have talked to it, about him before, but um, I, I don't know why exactly he ended up doing this. I think it was, um, uh, uh, I think it was related to maybe a charity event or whatever. But he read one of the lore books. From the beginning to the end, one of the um, oh, sort of like an audio book, yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah, like an audio book. Um, he's just uh, and so it's I think it's like three hours long. So anyone who's interested in that book one lore stories, yeah, um, we'll we'll link to it it, in the description. Yeah, it's it's quite good. Yeah, Um, here's what I want. Yeah, here's what I want. I want a ultimate Beyond Light collector's edition available that actually becomes standard issue for anybody who wants to play Destiny, where with the game, you, you're playing the game, you're playing on your Xbox. Shipped to you is also one of Anna Bray's computers 
<laughs> and when you turn it on, it boots up and it's got Destiny Item Manager, uh, Braytech, and Ishtar Collective lore, just like all to the side of you. <laughs> I think that that is um, kind of the that is the essential Destiny experience. Yeah. Maybe it also comes with a, th- a 3D printer that can print those, um, yeah. those books. And it's only like $7,777, right? Exactly. But you need a exactly. code in order to buy it. <laughs> you need to yeah. unlock a code in-game in order to buy it by doing a lot of grinding. <laughs> um, we have to wrap this up, and we haven't even gotten to the new uh, stasis uh, reveals or spotlights on the behemoth and the shade binder. We haven't gotten. Well, I think, we haven't gotten to the new customization this week. I think that's okay because we, we haven't really. They haven't talked about the hunter yet. So, so maybe next week we can do all three our impressions. Yep. And especially I'm since. I'm especially excited about the customization with aspects and 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 uh, what are the things you put in the aspects. Fragments. Uh, fragments, yeah. Um, that's that's particularly exciting to me, and uh, we can talk about that next time. Yeah, it'll be interesting once they've revealed the um, details of the hunter, the hunter's um, special abilities. Uh, yeah, because you're a hunter, and super, and so forth. No, not well, not just that, but also maybe after they've done that, um, the following TWAB next week will um give a little more detail as well so um it, it might be better to just kind of group it all in one and um, um also there's been we'll a reminder a, to... a reminder that iron banner is coming as well uh next week next after next reset september 8th um, do you think um the new exotic weapon that there's like one more exotic before this season ends mm. that we don't have. Do, do you think that's going to um, come on September 8th or no? Mm. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. I just I don't know. We'll find we out. I think that the... Mm, I don't know. I think that the evacuation order quests will start next week. And I think do that you? we will... But Sorry. that's like two full months, right? That, I mean, it seems like that's a long time to go. Because it because that's September eighth, and oh. the new and Beyond Light's not starting till November tenth. So, do, no. are they going to have like a full eight week evacuation thing going on, or do you think they're still just going to kind of do like this little trickle of? No. But the lore, the lore is going to be the lore for um, the lore for Eris is going to be done next week, right? That would be the last piece of that particular lore book. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, well, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll all these questions will be answered. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe and again I, I theorize that there will be some other kind of release or reveal on thursday yeah september 8th so we too. find I out think of, so too uh but tuesday we find out about the hunter and we'll find out more next thursday as well um so i think this this we're gonna have to wrap it up 
um, just for no other reason than time, because the overarching theme of this podcast, I think, has been that great coffee begets great conversation. This has been a particular, particularly engaging conversation uh, with our educational analogies, I think. And mm-hmm. we hope that uh, at, I'd like to shout out to the uh, Fractious Heart and Funny Bone for, for participating in our chat. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, uh, so without any further ado, uh, this has been the Paracasual Destiny Podcast, broadcasting to you live from the United States of America. Um, and, uh, you know, follow the YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, whatever you do. Uh, that would be great. Comment on Twitter as well. We're on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, send any questions you might have into us. And um, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.